ಓನ್ನೋ ಮಿತ್ರಣ ಶನ್ನೋಭವತ್ವರ್ಯಮಂದ್ರ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿ ಶನ್ನೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುರುಕ್ರಮ ನಮೋ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣೆ ನಮಸ್ತೆ ವಾಯೋವ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಸಿ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಕ್ಷ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ಋತ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ಸತ್ಯಂ ವದಿಷ್ಯಾಮಿ ತನ್ಮಾವಧು ತದ್ವಕ್ತಾರಮವಧು ಮಾತು ವಕ್ತಾರಂ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಸಹನಾವಧು ಸಹನೋ ಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಭ್ಯೋಧ್ಯಮೃತ್ಸಂಬೂವ ಸೇಂದ್ರಮೇಧಯಸ್ಪೃಣತ ತಸ್ಯಣೂಯ ಶರೀರ ಮೇ ವಿಚರ್ಷಣ ಜಿಹ್ವಾ ಮೇ ಮಧುಮತ್ತಮ ಕರ್ಣಾಭ್ಯಾಂಭೂರಿ ವಿಶ್ರುವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣ ಕೋಶಿ ಮೇಧಯಾತ ಮೇ ಗೋಪಾಯ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಅಹಂ ವೃಕ್ಷರೇರಿವ ಕೀರ್ತಿ ಪೃಷ್ಠಂಗಿರೇರಿವ ಊರ್ಧ್ವಪವಿತ್ರೋವಾಜಿನೀವಸ್ವಮೃತಮಸ್ಮೆ ದ್ರವಿಣಗುಂಸವರ್ಚಸ ಸುಮೇಧಾಮೃತೋಕ್ಷಿತೇತ್ರಿಶಂಕೋರ್ವೇದಾನುವಚನ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಪೂರ್ಣಮದೂರ್ಣಮಿದೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದ್ಯದ ಪೂರ್ಣಸೂರ್ಣಮಾಯೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯದ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಶ್ರುತಿಸ್ಮೃತಿಪುರಾಲಯಂಕರುಣಾಲಯ ನಮಿ ಭಗವತ್ಪಾದಶಂಕರ ಲೋಕಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವ ಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಂದೇ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ 
ईश्वर गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानतः गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्येय सामदे सारं वक्ष्येय सामदे In the moment we are in the process of examining the different kind of adhyarova superimposition that is made upon the self. Idanim pratyavatmani idamidam ayamayam aropayati iti visheshata uchyate. Now we are going to describe specifically how people superimpose various concepts upon pratyavatma, upon the inner self. By what is called the Arundhati Pradarshana Nyaya by the Nyaya or the method of showing Arundhati which is a very very small and very dim star very difficult to see and as we say at the time of wedding it is customary to show this to the, uh, the the bride and the groom and how their attention is slowly they are tuned up to watching the star looking at the star by first drawing their attention to the bright star and the less bright, and the less bright, and the less bright, and as they get tuned up, they are able to see ultimately Arundhati, which is a very, very dim star, <coughs> very small, very subtle. And so, so in this here, this in this method of discussion, our attention is drawn slowly to, the, from the grosses to subtler and subtler and subtler conclusions or notions about the self. Ultimately, it shows a cell which is extremely subtle. And thus, different conclusions about the self are being taken up here. Adi prakrutaha, those who are the most extremely deluded or the grossest people, they think that putraha atma iti vadati. Adi prakrutaha, the one who is the grossest person, believes that this sun is a self. The idea is some. Some people just live for their son or children or things like that to whom they are so attached that to them they are even more important than their own self. They draw all their pleasure and security from them. <clears throat> so it is not that they are philosophers who say that my son is a self, but their very life shows how the whole life is centered around that and how their happiness and unhappiness, security, insecurity, pleasure and pain, all of them depend upon only that of the sun or whatever they are attached to. So these are atiprakrdaha, the extremely deluded one. 
The second hour, and this may be the la, a large number of people, Charvakas, the materialists who take the Sthula Sharidam Atmaiti Vadate. So they say that the gross body is the self. <coughs> Again, these people may not declare themselves to be philosophers, or they may not be have a, a very uh, clear understanding of what exactly their conclusions are, but their life shows how their life is truly dedicated to merely taking care of the body and t- looking upon body as a self. <coughs> as you say, charvakas, charvak, people who have very sweet tongue, and they used to say that this body is a self, this is called the uh, asura mata or the virochana mata. The, uh, the great Indra, the, the king of gods, and Virochana, the king of demons, both of them went to Prajapati, the great teacher, the grand sire for this, for the knowledge. And from the instruction given at the first time by Prajapati, this Virochana, king of demons, came back with the conclusion that the, the father said that this, this body is a self and therefore that alone should be worshipped, that alone should be taken care of. So that is, this is the Virochana Mata or the opinion of the demons. <coughs> Therefore, asuraha, asushu, ramanteji, asuraha. Asu means the sense organs, meaning the sense pleasures. So those people whose life is totally centered around the sense pleasures are called asuraha. So these are charvakas. And they say, yavad jivet, sukham jivet, uram krutva, ghutam pivet. So as long as you live, live happily. Happily means enjoy, you know, that's all. Ram Kratva Ghodam Pivet. So drink ghee, means that you enjoy the ghee stands in India for the, uh, the pleasure of food. And therefore, just help yourself with the best that you can. And suppose you don't have money to do that, Ram Kratva Ghodam Pivet. If necessary, incur debt. But then, just feed your body well. <coughs> because that is God, that is the self. Then somebody will ask them, what will happen to you, you know, I mean, after you die, then you will have to, you will be accountable for all the kinds of things that you have done in this life, and you will have to uh, bear the consequences in terms of the karma phala. So who says, there is a life beyond this? Basmi kutaha. When the body is turned to ashes, well, who has seen it coming back? And therefore, nobody ever comes back having uh, died, and there is no life beyond this. And this is how their theory is. These are the Charvakas. <coughs> and so we find people and we find ourselves also very often living a life like this. So this shows extreme tamas, tremendous dullness of the mind, which cannot think beyond what is immediately perceptible. So Charvakas. And then people somewhat subtler than them, Indriyani Atma Vadadi. Then the second person says, Indriyani, sense organs is self. For which there is some reason also given. They, as we said, quote a passage from Vedas saying the sense organs are also conscious beings because there is a dialogue in various Upanishads where it is said that the sense organs debated among themselves and, and went to Prajapati for learning, etc. So they take the sense organs to be self. And then the next opinion is Prana Atma Yadi Vadati. Other people say, no, Prana, the vital force is the self. Because without the vital force, the body cannot be alive. Without the vital force, the sense organs also cannot function. And therefore, prana, a vital force, is the atma. Now, continuing the discussion, <coughs> passage 127, on the page 72. 
अन्योंतर आत्मा अन्योंतर आत्मा मनोमय इत्यादिश्रुते मनसि सुप्ते प्राणादेहे अभावात अहम संकल्पवान अहम विकल्पवान इत्यादि अनुभवाच मन आत्मा वदते अन्यस्तु चारवाक है स्कूल ऑफ चारवाक मन आत्मा वदते दिस वो से दैट मन है द माइंड इज द सेल्फ As you said, our inner faculty or the antakkaram, what we call mind in English, is broadly divided into two functions. One is called manaha, other is called buddhihi. And so the faculty that does the sankalpa, vikalpa, the doubting, etc. Of course, the psychology here divides the mind in three parts, by the way. They say there is a child inside, then there is a parent, there is an adult, and there is a parent. That also is a, a good way of looking at it. So, child is an emotional being, I guess, and the uh, adult is the intellectual being, and the parent is is the one who uh, who wants to give out. So, one is compassionate, and one is giving, accommodating that kind of personality, which assumes a role that it is necessary for it to feel a sense of responsibility towards some other ones. So, that part of the personality is called the parent. And the one who thinks an intellectual manner is the adult, and the one who is subject to various emotions is the child. So even modern psychologists also recognize this kind of personalities within ourselves. In those days, they recognize primarily two kinds of personalities, a uh, manaha or the emotional being, what you might even call impulsive being, what you might call the child or whatever you want to call it, and second is buddhi, the intellectual being. <coughs> And subsequently two more personalities are also identified. One is Chittam, that being who deliberates and dwells and inquires, and Ahankaraha, one who asserts. So we can say that the thinkers here have identified four kinds of personalities. The personality who doubts, who vacillates, etc. Second one is one who judges, concludes and knows. Third is one who asserts. And fourth is one is contemplative, deliberating, uh, inquiring. So these are the four kinds of personalities which were mentioned in this text itself. It was said that these can be broadly included in the two categories, manaha and buddhihi. Manaha meaning the, the basically manaha is defined as so sankalpa vikalpadmika antahtana vrittihi. That more the mind, when the mind is doing sankalpa and vikalpa, not able to arrive at the decision. Because the mind is as though split into two opposite positions. And now it takes one position and next, it, immediately next moment it takes just opposite positions. So when the mind is in this kind of a state, it is called manaha. Or mind is when it is feeling, when it is emotional, when it is impulsive, it can be called manaha. So some people say that this is the self. <coughs> For that again, they give these three bases for this conclusion. One is Shruti, other is Yetti, and third is Anubhava. 
Shruti has recited his description of Upanishad. Yukti is the reasoning, Anubhava is our own experience. So, what is the reason they give for coming to the conclusion that this manaha or the mind yourself, manasi sutte pranadehe abhava. Just look, how long does our personality function? As long as the mind is functioning. Manasi sutte, when the mind is not functioning, as in deeply, for example, pranadehe abhava. Where is your body and where are your sense organs and where is the prana? So this, earlier one said that the sun is a self, because that was dismissed. Second one said the gross body is a self. That was dismissed by saying that the gross body is alive and functioning only as long as the sense organs are functioning. So sense organs are the atma. That fellow was dismissed by saying that the prana, the vital energy is a self, because only when the vital energy of the prana functions that the sense organs function. <coughs> Now this fellow even dismisses him, saying that your prana also does not function. Meaning you are not aware of the prana. You are not aware of even your physiological functions, the vital functions, supte in the state of deep sleep. Tathāca indriyeshu upasamhrata vyabhāreshu prāneesa upasamhrata prānānāṁ prānāpāneshu ka itaravutta manasāyavakevalena sapnādehe upalambhād. He says that, look at the experience of the dream. So, who is the one that is responsible for the experience of dream? In the dream, as you know very well, that we have a peculiar body for the dream, and the sense organs and all the vital energy, etc., that we have in the dream is created by the mind. So look, in the dream the mind functions. Even though the gross body or the sense organs of prana, they do not function in the dream. They function as far as the viewer is concerned. This is another confusion here. When they say that in the dream of the deep sleep the prana is not there, somebody says, how do you say that we see the person breathing even when he is fast asleep? But he is breathing as far as the onlooker is concerned. He is not breathing as far as he is concerned. And he may be moving his hands and things like that even in sleep or smiling etc. as far as the outside witness is concerned, who is awake, but then he doesn't know that. And therefore, as far as the sleeping person is concerned, he is not aware of the gross body, not aware of the sense organs, not even aware of the physiological functions. Because very often we dream of tremendous hunger, whereas the person has just eaten a lot of food, and that itself creates some difficulty in stomach that, that initiates a dream by which he feels that he is hungry for three days. So, if this prana he was aware of, then definitely he would not have that kind of a dream. Thus, in the dream, we don't have a sensation of the body. We don't have a sensation of our sense organs, or we don't have a sensation of our prana. The only thing that we are sensitive about is the dream world, which has been totally created by the mind. So, manasaya vakevalena svapna dehe upalambhad. What is it because of which we are able to perceive the dream? By mind alone. And you don't require this sense organs to perceive the objects of the dream. You don't require this prana to sustain the body of the dream. You don't require this body also in order to perform your different vyavahara in the dream. And all the vyavahara, all the transactions in the dream are performed by the mind alone. And therefore, manahaya, atma, ityartha, this is their argument. Everybody has to provide some argument in support of their conclusions, and these people provide the argument. And definitely they are better than earlier people. That without the mind, this upadhi cannot function. <coughs> and like others, they also find a support from the Shruti. 
अन्योतर आत्मा मनोमय है दिस होल सीरीज ऑफ स्टेटमेंट फ्रॉम तैत्रिय उपनिषद विच ऑल्सो फंक्शन बाय द सेम न्याय द अरुंधति न्याय वेर इन द तैत्रिय उपनिषद ऑल्सो द उपनिषद वांट्स अस टू सी द नेचर ऑफ द सेल्फ एंड लीडिंग अस फ्रॉम द ग्रोसर टू द सटलर एंड सटलर सो इट वाज सेड एट वन पॉइंट दैट सवायेश पुरुषोन्न रसमय है द फर्स्ट स्टेटमेंट वाज दैट इज अंदर रसमय है और दिस This body made up of the essence of food itself. Then, anyondaratma prana. The second statement was, it is prana, the vital force that is self. Third statement is, anyondaratma manumaya. The three open his points out that even this prana or the sense organs and the vital energy is able to function not because of itself. It is mind by its own sinkalva vikalva. Mind says, I go there, and therefore the legs move. Mind says, look there, and the eyes go there, and So the prana also, along with the sense organs, functions in accordance with the command of the mind. So it is the mind that commands the body, the sense organs, and the prana also. In fact, what we call the psychosomatic diseases and so forth are nothing but brought about by the mind. That when you are excited in your own mind, how the breathing also responds accordingly. And therefore, it is the mind that is the controlling factor. So whatever is the controlling factor, that is called the self. Whatever is subtler also is called the self. Whatever is inner is also called the self. And therefore, even with reference to prana and the mind, it is the mind that is the controlling factor, and therefore that alone should properly be called the self. They say that. So, quoting this statement from the Taittiriya Upanishad, Anyondar Atma Pranamaya. So it is Manomaya. It is Manha. That is self. And Anubhava, they experience the quote, Sankalpavanaham, Vikalpavanaham. Whatever is called aham or I is is the self, and so we claim ourselves to be sankalpavan. Okay, I have decided vikalpavan. I have decided the opposite, and how therefore we find ourselves taking these opposite positions, and that experience shows that that comes from the identification with the mind. And so, whether or not these people actually quoted this is a question, of course. But here the author has very neatly compiled. The opinions of different thinkers, or even if these are not thinkers, let us say the author has neatly compiled here the conclusions of common people, including our own conclusions. And very often we behave totally as emotional beings. We forget everything. When I get hungry, I forget everything about myself, and I behave as a person who is totally identified with pain. I am hungry, I am thirsty, or whatever it is, or headache I have, and what not. If I am totally overpowered by emotion, then I just behave as an emotional being, and I forget everything else about myself. At that time, I also am like this, whether I proclaim to be a charvaka or not. But then my behavior and everything does show, so that there is an emotional being. And so there are some people who are predominantly living at this level. So everybody has everything in them, but there is a predominance of a certain aspect of personality. Then a person who will be predominantly living, as we say, for children. There is a person who will be predominantly living for this body. A person predominantly living for his sense organs. So people have insurance for the legs and for hands and things like that, you know, because they are most important things for them. And somebody may be predominantly an emotional person. And therefore, it is as good as saying that manha atma, the mind is a self. <coughs> Okay, now we go to the next opinion, to a subtler layer of our personality.
and everybody everywhere is a name, so this one of the Buddhists who takes the intellect as the Atma. In the next passage says that Bauddhastu Anyantara Atma Vijnanamaya Ityadishurehe Kartuhu Abhare Karanasya Shakti Abhava Ahankarta Ahambhokta Ityadi Anubhavacha Buddhi Atma Ityadati Bauddhastu so one who is called Buddha, means a follower of Buddha. They say that Buddhi Atma iti vadade. So this Buddha says Buddhi Atma, it is intellect that is self. <coughs> there again he has a reason for that. What is it? Kartuhu abhave karanasya shakti abhavad. Now we can look upon our mind also as either uh, buddhi and manaha, you will say it again in this text, what are the primary functions that the manaha and the buddhi perform? That manaha is called karanam, it is an instrument for perception. So whenever sense organs perceive, for example, eyes, ears, etc., then the mind is always behind the sense organs, and therefore that faculty within ourselves, which actually receives these perceptions, which performs the function of perception, and perform the function of action. So that faculty which is behind the organs of perception and which is behind the organs of action, that is called manaha, and that is called karanam, it is instrument. <coughs> so you find very often your own mind split into these two parts. One is the part that is watching and the other part that is, that is uh, doing something. You watch your own mind going through various emotional things, you know, and so we watch our own thoughts. So this question occurs often. Swamiji, I find that my mind is thinking in a certain way, then it is a mind that is thinking, and who is the one who is actually watching? Or I find myself deciding certain things and asking my mind to do certain things. So there is someone who actually makes a decision and commands that mind that say this or don't say this and do this. So there is a karta or a doer inside. At the same time, another part of the mind that follows the orders and does things. So the mind also is split into two faculties, manaha and buddhi, and the role of buddhi primarily is, it is a knower, pramada, it is karta, the doer, it is bhokta, the enjoyer. The ahankara also, the sense of identification or the assertiveness also is in the buddhi. So therefore there is an aham and there is an idam. In our own self, there is ahankrutihi or there is an ayuga or the ahankara, as well as the antahkaranam, there is the karana or the instrument. So our own mind also can be looked upon as, as karta, the doer or the agent, and karanam, the instrument. The instrument part of the mind is that which performs the functions of perception and performs all the various tasks in accordance with the commands that are given by the other aspect of the assertive aspect or the agency aspect of the mind, which is what we call the karta, or which is a function of buddhi. And therefore, this Bauddha say, 
that you cannot say to the mind or the canon, the instrument part is actually the self, because mind also is in fact commanded by the buddhi. The mind is instrument. Instrument is always or a tool or it's an implement. So that is always under the control of the one who uses the tool. Like a carpenter uses various tools. So tools are always totally dependent upon the one, the agent who is using them. And so also our mind is comparable to like an X. So here is a wood splitter who splits the wood with the help of an X. An X is an instrument in the hands of the wood cutter. And this wood cutter is an agent who commands his X to perform functions as he wants. And similarly also it is our buddhi or that agent, sense of agency within, which in fact commands this mind to perform various functions. So it says, Kartuhu abhave karanasya shakti abhavad. So this karanam or the mind finds its shakti, finds its energy or ability from where? From the karta or from the agent. <coughs> so kartuhu abhave karanasya shakti abhavad. So karta or the buddhi or the agent is the governing or the commanding faculty. And therefore that alone should be called. Because we say that whoever governs is a self, whoever commands is a self, whoever is settler or inner is a self. So this buddhi or the karta or the sense of agency is subtler, more commanding and inner with reference to in the mind which is the instrumental faculty and therefore buddhi should be called the atma. So buddhi atma iti vadati. Where do you find the, uh, the evidence? Anyantara atma vijnana maya. Taiti the fellows who don't accept the Vedas by the way. And still in support of the position of Buddha, a Vedic statement is quoted. We say to compile their opinions. And sometimes the devils also quote scriptures. And sometimes you may say that Buddha also quote our own scripture to say, you look, your Upanishads also say. In India, the Christian missionaries are there, you know, who are, uh, who go around and uh, preach the Christianity. And these days they are teaching Upanishads. Would you believe that? So they teach Ishavasya Upanishad, for example. Say the Ishavasam, Isha means Christ. So in India, Christ is called Ishu Krista. You know, that's how they call it. And so Ishavasam, so Isha, that is Upanishad's first word is what? Christ said this, you know. And that's how they are teaching. So everybody can interpret the scriptures as they like, you know. <laughs> Very clear people. And similarly also, there are, as I said, in this vast body of the scriptural literature, you can find statements to support any view, essentially, if you take a statement out of the context. And so, Bauddha supposedly said, atma vijnana maya. That even tasmad manomayat, as compared to the manomaya atma or the emotional being, that is this intellectual being, or the being that asserts, being that is of the nature of agency. <coughs> And how do you, uh, what is the experience? Ahankarta, aham bhokta, ityadi nubhavacha. Is our anubhava the experience also? Ahankarta, I am the doer. Aham bhokta, I am the experiencer. So this kind of notions on your part shows that this buddhi is what you are taking to be the self. Never buddhi should be considered to be self. In fact, bhaudas don't mean to take the buddhi that we take as a self. But they take vijnanam as a self, vijnanamaya. So according to them, vijnana is nothing but a whole series of flow of consciousness. So when the buddhi is taken to be the atma, buddhi or the intellect is that which is constantly changing, naturally. Even if buddhi is the karta or the, the agent of doing, 
that agent of being also constantly changes in accordance with the function that the, the action that is performed. So now I am a speaker, and then I may be a listener, and then I may be a goer, then I may be a talker, then I may be a eater, and so forth. So buddhi also changes moment to moment. It is a flickering thing, so therefore every moment the buddhi changes. And therefore they say that self is nothing but this constantly changing flow of thoughts or a changing flow of consciousness. So the vijnana means consciousness. The self is consciousness. What is the of consciousness? That which constantly changes. So there are the fellows who are using the word consciousness of buddhi. And that continues. So most people when they use the word consciousness or even awareness, it is buddhi or the intellect which is often called awareness or consciousness. And so they are called kshanika vijnanins. So they are the people who say the kshanika vijnanam or this momentary consciousness is atman. So buddhi. And it is very clear when they say that atma is momentary consciousness, it is very clear that the buddhi alone is being taken by them as atma. Anything, even Charvaka are also momentary fellows because when they take the body as a self, body also is constantly changing. And so, buddhi that is constantly changing is taken to the self. And they are closer, each one is closer to the ultimate truth. The, the farthest fellow is the one who takes the sun as the self. And now each one is coming closer and closer. Like the Avandati. So from the brighter to the less bright to the less bright, we are slowly being led to the star of Arundhati, which is the least bright. And here also we are slowly led to the self, which is least evident in that sense, and which is the most subtle. <coughs> so experiences ahankarta, ahambhokta, ityadi, anuvacha. Our experiences, I am the doer, I am the enjoyer. And the Shruti also says, and therefore, buddhi is a self. Buddhi here is the vijnana pravaha. Pravaha means the flow of consciousness, which is constantly changing or changing moment to moment. They are also called subjectivists. I mean, they take the subject to be the Atma. According to them, the self is buddhi and there is nothing other than that. So they are also that of non-dualist. According to them, there is nothing other than the self. And how about the whole creation? The outer creation is that which is constantly projected by the buddhi. Very close to the Vedantins. These fellows are extremely close to the Vedantins. So Vedantins also say that the outer world is projected by the mind. Or a superimposition upon the self. And they also say that. And they also use the concept of Maya. If the world looks outside and the objective world that is different from you, and the self is inside and you are the subject, how do you explain the subject-object duality? The subject is conscious, the object is inert, the subject is inside, object is outside, subject is I, object is other than I. So this kind of a duality, how do you explain? If you say that buddhi or the vijnana alone is self, then they say that this so-called object or even the subject-object duality also is projected by the buddhi. So there are certain built-in patterns that what they call the samskaras. So in the buddhi there are samskaras or vasanas, certain patterns are built in there. And you are creating further patterns by performing actions. So by performing actions and by entertaining certain kinds of thoughts, you are constantly creating new patterns. Of which the impressions get uh, lost in the buddhi. 
in accordance with those impressions that are always lost in there, the buddhi constantly creates. Even this body and the whole world is constantly moment to moment created by the buddhi. And therefore, all there is is vijnanam, this flow of consciousness. And that alone projects what we call the subject as well as object. So this subject, object, duality, the seer seen duality, all of that is constantly projected by the buddhi. And therefore, the self is buddhi, the momentary consciousness. This is what they say. <clears throat> and they say that, look, your own mind should be divided into two faculties, karta and karanam, means the, the agent as well as the instrument. If you say that the mind is merely instrument, is only karanam or instrument, there is no kartratpam or the doership in the mind, in that case, that mind is always in contact with all the sense organs simultaneously and therefore simultaneously all the perceptions should take place. They don't take place, that shows that there is a karta or the agent who is separate from the karam. And all these different arguments are always given by them. Okay. <coughs> now continuing the next uh, opinion here in the passage 129. Prabhakartarkikautu, Prabhakartarkikautu, Anyuntar Atma, Nyuntar Atma, Anandamaya, Ityadishrutehe, Buddhyadinam, Agnyane, Layadarshanat, Agnyoham, Agnyani, Ityade Anubhavacha Agnanamatma Itivadataha Prabhagar Tarkikautu. Other philosophers. Now, these are the Vedic people. So, so far, the, the, the opinions of Avaidikas or Nastikas were being discussed. So, Charvakas are those who do not accept Vedas as Pramanam. Bauddhas are those who do not accept Vedas as Pramanam. Whereas Prabhakara, they are the, the, the followers of a, a Mimamsaka called Prabhakara. And Tarkika means the logicians. So, Prabhakara, Tarkika, all they fight among the, amongst one another also. But in some cases, sometimes they are in agreement in certain, then they join and then they quarrel with other people. So, in this particular case, otherwise the Prabhakaras and Tarkikas and all of these fellows always are debates with each other. But in this particular case, they have a common opinion. And therefore, then they combine and then fight with other people. So, Prabhakara, Tarkikas, so see, India is an amazing place. Constantly these debates are going on for centuries. And they are still going on. It is not that everybody is a Vedantin or everybody is an Advaitin in India. That all these schools are still present. All these schools in the sense that they are not schools in the sense of that they have actually a following. But these opinions are still there. There are many academicians who are like Tarkikas. So they will love for Tarka. They will love what the, the logicians say. And there are many people who are Mimamsakas, I mean Karmakandis. And so even today also in India we find essentially all these fellows. So, Prabhagara, Tarkikao, these two schools, they say that Agnyanam Atma is the amazing opinion. Agnyanam Atma, 
ignorance is a self. Okay, how do you say ignorance is a self? Anyondaratma anandamaya. See, your own Upanishad says that tasmadva etasma dvijnanamaya anyondaratma anandamaya. That which is inner to the buddhi and that which is other than the buddhi is called anandamaya. Anandamaya is the self consisting of ananda, the self consisting of happiness, the so-called bliss. So this is ananda. This anandamaya is, is translated as bliss sees. So where, so when you are quoting this experience, that when a person laughs, you know, who laughs? Is the father who laughs? Or mother who laughs? Or the son who laughs? When you laugh, you are neither father, you are neither nor son, you are nobody. You are you. But that time you do not know that you are you. So in a so-called moment of happiness, when a person forgets this whole, all the notion, all my complexes and all of these are dropped off for the moment. As long as those complexes are there, naturally I am not able, I am not free. I may be very conscious about my teeth, you know, there is a girl here, a teenager, and there are braces. And then it will take two, three years before these braces come out. And she doesn't laugh. If she remembers she is laughing, immediately puts her, you know, hand and covers her mouth. Why is it so? No, no, it looks very ugly, you have braces. So when you have this kind of a complex that I have braces, Meaning there is an identification with this, the teeth or with the body, you are not free. And even though momentarily you may forget, but then you are not free. Even that person also sometimes laughs, totally forgetting that, that she has braces. At that time, all the complexes are dropped. All the ego also is dropped. All the notions are dropped. All the worries, anxieties, demands of the mind, everything is dropped for the moment, assuming there are such moments. Not that people have these moments either. Somebody asked me, Swami, I don't experience such a moment, you know, that I forget everything. And so it's not that people are able to forget. But assuming, you know, that once in a while, you will, yeah, momentarily, for a very fraction of a second you forget, that's all. Again you recover, that no, no, I am so and so, and you again uh, regain your status back and do things all right, you know. So that is okay. But there will be a fraction of a moment when a person forgets. So that time, you are experiencing the self because there is no other source of joy, you are the only one that is there and therefore what, is your, what you are experiencing at that time is the ananda or the self that is happiness. <coughs> it is a very small fraction of a moment, I tell you, because to completely forget you are, you are in samadhi at that time, total self-forgetfulness may take maybe there only for a fraction of a moment. But whatever that fraction of a moment is or whatever that moment is, is what we call the experience of ananda. At that time also ignorance is, and you do not know that you are ananda. So each one here is quoting the experience that we are having, and each one is quoting an experience that is subtler and subtler. So the person who says I am an emotional being also is an experience and therefore the emotional faculty is self. The other one says I am an intellectual being, that is the predominant part in the personality, so that is the self. Here this fellow is quoting even a subtler experience that I am a happy being, I was happy for a moment. Or the quote, the experience of deep sleep. In the deep sleep what happens? Susupto buddhyadinam jnana sukha dukkha ichyad. that, all of this buddhi, your sense of agency, your ahankara, ego, all of this, you are totally unaware of them. What has happened to them? What has happened to your body, the sensation of the body? 
sensation of your sense organs, sensation of your prana, sensation of your emotional being, sensation of your intellect. What happened to all those sensations? You are totally devoid of all those sensations in this deep sleep. All those sensations have completely merged into their cause, which is agnyanam or ignorance. And what is the nature of that ignorance? Ignorance is when you are not, when you are totally ignorant or all the sensation has completely merged, then all the, the self-consciousness that each of the sensation brings about from that also you are free. Our bondage is nothing but the so-called self-consciousness or which is what we call in Vedanta the identification. There is nothing wrong in being conscious of the body. Self-consciousness is taking the body to be a self. That is self-consciousness. It is fine to be conscious of my mind and intellect. What is self-consciousness? Taking the mind or the intellect or my head or my face or whatever to be the self. All that, that self-consciousness always brings about a sense of limitation. And all of that is totally absent in deep sleep because all these sensations are merged where into the cause which is ignorance. And therefore there is a total freedom or a relief. And therefore one experiences ananda. In fact that ananda is experienced every moment. The self is ananda is experienced every moment except that the experience or sensation of ananda is overwhelmed by the sensations and the complexes created by the sensation of identification, body, etc. And therefore, that experience of ananda or sensation is not clear. It is all the time overwhelmed. And momentarily when the clouds move away and the sun peeps out, and so also that experience of ananda peeps out now and then when the clouds of all these complexes move away in our waking of the dream state. In the deep sleep state, everything, all these sensations are merged and therefore there is only the experience of that self, which is ananda. And therefore that is even inner. That is always there. Understand that each of the experience is always there, but is overwhelmed by a grosser experience. So when all the gross layers have completely been dropped off in the deep sleep, then the predominant experience is that of ananda. And therefore that alone, that should properly be considered to be the self. Because that is a persistent experience. Anyondar Atma Anandamaya. So they say that Upanishad says that subtler than the Buddha also is this Anandamaya Atma, where all the sensations completely merge in ignorance. But Anandamaya is actually ignorance. So ignorance is a self. Ignorance is of the nature of bliss. That's why very often the Samadhi is called Andha Samadhi. That you are totally absorbed in a certain experience. But in that state of absorption you do not know your own self, you have totally lost yourself. So when you lose yourself completely, that is called samadhi, that is called the samadhi. In the deep sleep we completely lose ourselves. And therefore that is the state of ignorance. And if that should be so should buddhyadvinam agnyane lahadarshana. The reason is given is that buddhi, etc., all of them get completely merged in the ignorance. <coughs> and therefore you have to say that, and that agnyanam is the atma. In your experience also shows, agnyaham, I am ignorant. Agnyaniyaham, I am ignorant again, meaning I am devoid of knowledge. So when you wake up in the morning, you say that, I do not know anything. That shows that you are totally absorbed in ignorance. That was your real self. The ignorance is the true self. And that your experience that I am ignorant or I do not know, that also reveals that you would call ignorance as a very self. <coughs> so that is the opinion of the Prabhakaras.
And then, next opinion. In the passage 130. Bhattastu Prajnana Ghanaha Eva Anandamayaha Ityadishrutehe Sushupta Prakasha Aprakasha Sadhava Mam Aham Najanami Ityadi Anubhavacha Agnano Pahitam Chaitanyam Atma Itivadati. So this one is now even subtler. So the earlier one said, Agnanam Atma, ignorance is a self. This one says, Agnano Pahitam Chaitanyam Atma. So it is consciousness, now he comes close. It is consciousness that is a self. What kind of consciousness? Agnana Upahitam. Consciousness limited or conditioned by ignorance is the self. So it is better than the other fellow who says Agnanam, the ignorance is the self. This one, is, this one says consciousness conditioned by the ignorance is the self. <coughs> Alright, what is the reason for saying that? Sushupta Prakasha Aprakasha Sadbhava. Since the experience of deep sleep that you just quoted, in justifying a position that ignorance is a self, in fact the experience of deep sleep reveals not pure ignorance but also reveals the presence of awareness there. So, Sushupta in the deep sleep, Prakasha Aprakasha Sadbhava. Prakasha means awareness, Aprakasha means lack of awareness or ignorance. Then in deep sleep there is both awareness as well as ignorance. That your awareness of your body, etc., is completely enveloped in the blanket of ignorance, all right? But still, awareness also shines in the deep sleep. Because when you wake up in the morning, then you say, What is Sukhamaham Aswapsam? Nakinchat Avaidisham? This is what a person says. So when a person wakes up in the morning, he says, What, what happened to you? Where were you? Sukhamaham Aswapsam. I slept. And I slept happily, deep sleep for twelve hours or whatever it is, you know. So slept happily. So I say in the morning, Sukhamaham Aswapsam, I slept happily. What happened? Did you realize what happened last night? Somebody came and this, so I did not know anything. So, Nakinchit Avedisham, I did not know anything. So, when you say I did not know anything, that shows the presence of ignorance, all right. But it also shows the presence of knowledge because to say that I did not know anything is equivalent to say that I knew the absence of everything. And therefore, to say that I did not know anything is equivalent to saying that I was aware of the absence of everything. And therefore, there is in the deep sleep uh, an awareness of the absence of everything. Otherwise, in the morning when you wake up, you will not recollect this experience that I did not know anything. So this statement, Sukhamaham Aswapsam, I slept happily, I did not know anything. This statement of the person who wakes up is interpreted as memory. It is not perception because at the moment the experience is not. It is not inference either because linga or the evidence for it is not there. It is considered to be memory. And yasmutihi sa anubhava purvika. The memory is always preceded by an experience. And therefore, when you say that I slept happily, 
that shows that you are aware of happiness. When you say that I did not know anything, that shows that you are aware of the ignorance also. And this was already discussed earlier. When this author himself said that in deep sleep also by sukshma vritti bhi, which are the modification of the ignorance itself gets transformed into subtle vrittis. And by that one experiences happiness. And therefore, sushupta prakasha aprakasha sadbhavat. In the deep sleep, there is both awareness as well as ignorance, and therefore that is the self. <coughs> and they find the support of this opinion from the Upanishad, Pragnana Ganaheva Anandamaya. The Mandaki Upanishad says that in the deep sleep, so uh, deep sleep is a state, na kanchana kamam kamayade, na kanchana svapnyatra, suptaha na kanchana kamam kamayade, na kanchana svapnam pashyade, so says Mandukya Upanishad that where the person when he is sleeping does not desire anything, does not entertain any desires or does not see any dream, that state is called Sushupta. Then Sushupta sthana hai, eki bhuta hai, pragnana gana hai eva, anandamaya hui, anandabhuk, etc. So Mandukya Upanishad describes the state of deep sleep and the one experiencing deep sleep, pragnana hai is pragnana gana hai. This we discussed earlier, how it's called prajnana ghana because all the prajnanam or the, all the knowledge is lumped together into one knowledge of absence of everything. And anandamaya, so prajnana ghana shows the knowledge. So Mandukya Upanishad says, prajnana the atma in deep sleep is prajnana ghana anandamaya. Who is prajnana ghana? Prajnana ghana is the one who is, has undifferentiated consciousness. One consciousness is there, I don't know anything, or that I am aware, I am the, I am, I know the absence of everything. Like that theater in the, there is a lamp in the theater. Which lamp was so far illumining all the proceedings in the theater and the drama and the dance and everything. I mean, everyone leaves the theater also, then how that lamp continues to illumine the absence of everything. And so, also in the waking and dream state, all these dances and dramas are taking place in the mind, and the awareness, the self was eliminating them all. In the deep sleep, when all of them live, then also the self eliminates absence of everything. And so, there is elimination in the deep sleep also. Naturally, because the one who wakes up in the morning is the one who went to sleep. So, there is a continuity. That the one I who went to sleep last night is the I who woke up in the morning. This is what we call pratyabhinya or recollection also. That also shows the continuation of the self. And there were continuation of the conscious being, so consciousness is there in the deep sleep also. So prajnana ghana, this statement of Mandakya Upanishad reveals the existence, the presence of prajnanam or the consciousness in the deep sleep. Anandamaya, this statement of the Mandakya Upanishad reveals the presence of ananda, meaning the absence of all the dukkha, and that is the state of ignorance. So Mandakya Upanishad says that is Prajnanam, meaning the light or the awareness, and ananda, the ignorance. So both awareness and ignorance, both are present in the deep sleep state, and therefore, agnyanopahitam chaitanyam atma is chaitanyam or the self, or the consciousness, conditioned by the ignorance, is a self. This is what the Bhatta says. Nakinchit avevishamiti paramashad atmani susuptav avishesha agnyana vijnana abhavat Bhāvatma vikalpyate. 
సో మామహం న జానామి ఎవర్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ ఆల్సో ఐ డోంట్ నో మై సెల్ఫ్ సో పర్సన్ సేజ్ మామహం న జానామి ఐ డోంట్ నో మై సెల్ఫ్ సో ఐ డోంట్ నో మై సెల్ఫ్ మీన్స్ వాట్ దిన్నరెన్స్ ఇన్ ఐ at the same time even though i do not i say i do not know myself i say, it means that i know that i do not know so when i say i do not know a given thing that also reveals the knowledge that i know that i do not know and therefore i know that i do not know myself so there is knowledge also as well as ignorance also and therefore atma is a combination of ignorance and knowledge this is what the bhattas have to say they are very close now closer and still we go further and further in the next couple of steps then we will come to the the nature of the self as it truly is okay that will be next time <coughs> om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vasishyate om shanti 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 shankaram shankaracharyam keshavam badarayanam sutra bhashya krutau vande bhagavantau punah punah ishvaro gururatmede murti bheda vibhagine vyoma vadyapta dehaye దక్షిణామూర్తే నమ శాంతి 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 హరి ఓ శ్రీ గురుభ్యో నమ హరి ఓ